0: Welcome back to the Brodo Fantasy Football Podcast presented by BrotoFantasy.com. I'm your host, Tim Petrop, with my brothers, the only two twins that give you double that fantasy goodness, Michael and Jason Petrop.
1: Week 3 Review!
0: It's week 3, baby. It's week 3, y'all. It's week 3, baby. It's week 3, y'all.
1: And we're reviewing. And we're reviewing. And we're reviewing.
0: <laughs> we are a quarter of the way done with the season, baby. It is time.
1: We, we are not, here. We are not a quarter of the way through the season.
0: The fantasy season.
1: Fantasy season is sixteen seasons, Tim. Season sixteen weeks, seasons. Weeks.
0: No, it's not. Like the fantasy regular season is thirteen weeks, and three divided by thirteen is like three point something. So it's like a, it's almost a quarter <laughs> of the way. Fair enough. Three point four. Fair it's three point I'll four. I'll give it to you. I'll give it to you.
1: No, it's You'll give it to me. Four. Michael's point. Michael's something, lecturing idiot. Me
0: Michael's lecturing me on math right now and he has a uh, he's literally wearing broken glasses with tape holding his glasses in place.
1: Yeah, these shit's broke like last week and I was going to order on a Warby Parker like a nice pair with the blue light and all that. And it turns out I need a prescription from this year in order to order them, so I got to set an appointment for the eye doctor so I'm rocking with some taped glasses if I'm like 9 years old and in, uh, in elementary school again.
0: You look like the ultimate nerd lecturing me about math and wearing those glasses. I will say you learn your like...
1: ad idiot dweeb,
0: <laughs> and you got the balding going on too. So uh, it's it's like even
1: it's even more nerdy. You look like you're in, in your mom's basement right now. Gotta love the balding. I'm kidding, I hate it. <laughs> speaking
0: do? speaking of balding, the tight end landscape was balding to the extreme in week three. I feel like week three was the first week that was super strange. So far this year, like the the first two weeks, like you got some, some performances that you weren't expecting maybe, but this week, like the top performers multiple times, like when you, I, I love playing Yahoo. That's my favorite. Um, that's my favorite. What do you call it, platform, platform for this? And when you're looking at the top scorers, never can I remember a time where like, there's so many per, uh, yellow circles with the plus sign, which means these players on waivers and he's not owned by anyone. So it's it's a it's quite the quite the different week. Tyler Croft of, went in.
1: <laughs>
0: yeah, speaking of which, listen to these top tight ends: Jimmy Graham, Tyler Croft, Eric Ebron, Robert Tanyan, Mo Ali Cox. Then you got Zach Ertz, who was up there, but he only scored ten point five, so you weren't really, really happy about that either. Jesse James, Foster Moreau, which Michael you called I a, Foster call it a Foster Moreau touchdown. Greg Olson, Jonu Smith, Jacob Hollister, Mercedes Lewis. The first person that is a a regular starter that appears on this is Hunter Henry, seven point five, so not a good day for tight ends.
1: Yeah, that's crazy,
0: but there is a caveat to that. The two best tight ends in the league are playing tonight, and so we we do this before the uh, that point. So we are we don't. This is Sands the Monday night game, but. If you want to hear us talk about the Monday Night Game, we do so on the extra episode just for the patrons. We also give our waiver rankings, how much we would spend on these players in terms of fab, and so much more. It is the extra episode and is only on patreon.com slash brotofantasy. Boom. Michael, I'm feeling fresh today. Do you know why? Why is that, Tim? Because I am manscaped. I'll use my lawnmower 3.0, and I went zoop, 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 one, two, three, and I am feeling Scooby-doo, doozy. bop, bop. I'm feeling a little taller, if you know what I'm saying. You know what I mean? Just went from six to midnight. <laughs> so, this Lawnmower 3.0, it is the ultimate tool for your family, Jewels. It helps you out down there completely. You want to look fresh down there, you want to look clean. They have a whole bunch of other stuff at manscaped.com. It's not only the Lawnmower, but the Lawnmower. More, mower excuse me whisper silent it has a, a flashlight too so you can see all the little crevices it goes quick the you could tell the motor's crazy it has a quick looks cool it's wireless there's really nothing and it's it's chargeable too so you don't got to buy batteries for it there's really nothing about this lawnmower that isn't top of the class when it comes to men group men's grooming and with the code BROTO b-r-o-t-o that's all caps you can get the Lawnmower 3.0 and tons, tons more at manscaped.com for 20% off and free shipping. That is the promo code B R O T O at checkout at manscaped.com for free shipping and 20% off. Because for me, I know personally, sometimes I don't like going straight to stores because I don't like paying shipping. So I go to, I buy something through that store on Amazon because of the free shipping. Don't even do that. Go straight there and you will save more money than if you did it on Amazon. So go and do that. Speaking of which too, PartyBelts.com is the official championship belt of the Brodo Fantasy Football Podcast. If you are looking for a championship belt for your league, this is the place to get it, PartyBelts.com. Guess what? This came up really organically. This is a story that we tell all the time. We were looking for belts for our patron leagues, and we didn't want to spend $300 because, number one, we don't have that. And number two... It's just not, like, feasible. So we wanted to get something for our patrons that looks fire, that is fire, and that they can walk around with the Brodo logo so everyone knows that not only did they conquer a league, they conquered this league, which, in my opinion, means more. But I think you know why. <laughs> Partybelts.com, completely customizable. It has a one-size-fits-all waistband. It has two places where you can hold your beer so you can serve your friends while serving your friends. If you know what I'm saying, partybells.com, the promo code to check out is B R O T O all caps for 15% off. They're only $35, these things, man. So if you go there, you put in the promo code, you're basically getting the shipping for free. You're paying $35 at checkout for this, for this thing that you're going to be able to wear over and over and over again, uh, and completely troll your friends forever. And, uh, yeah, partybells.com is where to get that.
1: I approve everything you just said to all of it <laughs> michael's michael's like the political ads we're seeing right now yo tomorrow's the first political debate bro Ooh, interesting
0: i mean the presidential debate i'm, uh, I'm interested i'm gonna be teaching my students about it um but that's the real life news let's get into this fantasy football news what do you say michael let's get some headlines going those stories and more in just two minutes stay with
1: us thanks for joining us this half hour i'm don harrison around the world in 30 minutes this is headline news Donnie H, baby.
0: Good old Donnie H, yeah. Um, First thing on the agenda is the big man, uh, Lyle Collins, who missed the game last week. Mike McCarthy says he is a ways off, so probably not going to play next week. We didn't really see this
1: affect Dak in the passing
0: game, but Ezekiel Elliott had a very un-Zeke-like game, so
1: are you nervous going forward about this? Look, I'm not super nervous about Zeke, right? Like, it's Zeke. His floor is so ridiculously high that it's kind of boring at this point. But you do got to be concerned about the... Ultra lack of efficiency in the passing game. He saw 12 targets yesterday. 12. That resulted in 6 catches for 24 yards. That is 2 yards per target. That's pretty damn despicable. I mean, he's... And he's getting it done on the ground, too, but he's not, like, exploding on the ground. He's just, like, okay. But he's getting all the volume. But the thing with me, with Zeke, is that I would be, yes, a little concerned about him maybe losing some pass-catching volume moving forward because... Dak Prescott is absolutely excelling when the when the offense is spread out. Gallup, Lamb, uh, Schultz, uh, Cooper, even last week Cedric Wilson exploded. And that's when Dak Prescott has been at his best. And the offensive line is not what it used to be, so it's not as good for Ezekiel Elliott as it has been in recent years. And I just don't see why they would keep trying to force-feed him the ball out of the backfield when he was never really that efficient of a catcher to begin with out of the backfield. Just last year, he saw a bunch of targets. So, I mean, I would not be shocked if it starts dropping. Like, instead of seeing five targets, maybe you'll see four or three. Like, I would not be shocked, because with the way that Cowboys offense is going, they're better when Zeke isn't the passing option.
0: I wouldn't be too, like, worried if I was a Zeke uh, rosterer, but I will say this. If I pick third and I didn't even consider Alvin Kamara and I pick Zeke, I would be like, ah, oh, damn, I probably fucked that up.
1: Yeah. That's damn. Yeah. Ezekiel Elliott is from another world at this, at this point. You mean, uh, Alvin, Kamara, you mean? Alvin Kamara? Um,
0: we're going to be talking about Alvin Kamara a little later coming up. Uh, Tyrod Taylor, uh, Anthony Lynn says he's not in a position to rule out Tyrod Taylor. I mean, obviously because they have him here as ribs, but that is not explaining what the hell's going on. Um, we're going to talk about uh, another thing later about how Justin Herbert so much better than for this offense. Uh, w- I mean, we're going to try and stay away from Tyler, Tyrod Taylor, the man, because the injury sucks. The dude is a good dude. No one wants to see someone get their lung punctured. We need to put that aside. And we're going to talk about the game of fantasy football. Uh, I mean, you got to be hoping Justin Herbert cements himself as a starter so that even when Tyrod Taylor does come back, he does not
1: take over. Look, I don't see how you could go back to Tyrod Taylor, even if he does come back from this. I don't know how long punctured lungs result in injury length. Justin Herbert is playing well, man. I mean, he didn't play well against Carolina yesterday, but he played decent and he did go over three hundred yards and he kept them, he kept them close and they had a chance to win at the end. Like if if Austin Eckler caught that uh, hook and lateral with Keenan Allen, he would have had a walk in to the house. Like they would have won that game, but he dropped the lateral. And you got to love it for the pass catchers. Keenan Allen and Austin Eckler specifically. 11 targets and 11 receptions is just glorious. And that's what we've come to know and love about Austin Eckler. Is that his pass catching ability out of the backfield is second to none really. So I mean every all, point, all signs pointing up for the fantasy outlook on the Chargers. As long as Herbert's there. And I, I don't really see how you could go back to Tyrod Taylor at any point. Michael Pittman. Uh, uh, terrible news.
0: He... Got surgery after the game to repair carp- compartment leg syndrome in his calf. I I mean, I've been following football for a long time. This is the first time I've ever heard of compartment leg syndrome. Um, but he got surgery for it, and apparently week eight is his uh, is his best case scenario. So Michael Pimmons is going to be out a long time.
1: Compartment syndrome describes increased pressure within a muscle compartment of the arm or leg. It is most often due to injury such as a fracture that causes bleeding in a muscle which then causes increased pressure in the muscle. This pressure increase causes nerve damage due to decreased blood supply. Interesting. Oh,
0: boy. That that sounds like it could get bad.
1: Yeah, I'm glad they caught it. It does sound like it could get bad. The only thing that the Jets Very are... rare. Fewer than 20,000 U.S. cases per year. Huh, Painful and I dangerous ha- condition. Wow, glad they caught it.
0: Yeah, for sure. Well, good for Michael Pittman that he's getting that then, and we'll yeah. wait till week
1: 8 for him to get back. But another another young, exciting... Prospect going down sucks. Rager and Al Pittman. He was, you know, he was like one of those guys
0: where you could see him getting some work now that there was an injury, but not a guy that you're that you're banking on whatsoever. So uh, not the worst injury when it comes to fantasy. Makai um, Becton, the only bright spot in the entire Jets team is day-to-day. He hurt his shoulder. Um, I mean, it, you're not starting any Jets running backs anyway, but now you're definitely, definitely for sure not starting any of them.
1: Yeah. Or anyone on the Jets, period. Thank you very much. Tariq Cohen, torn ACL, out for the season.
0: This one's a a tough one for the Bears. Um, How do we like David Montgomery with Nick Foles in at quarterback?
1: Real quick, the worst thing about it for Cohen, man, is it was on a fair catch. Like, that blows. Like, he got hit low on a fair catch and tore his ACL. That really sucks. Man. Hopefully he gets healthy, but... uh. Yeah, I actually haven't seen the
0: injury play. So that that's that is disappointing. Yeah.
1: And David Montgomery, obviously, signs are pointing up for him without Terry Cohen there. Like that was his boon. Terry Cohen stealing pass catching work and getting some rushing. If Montgomery starts to take over some of that pass catching work, which he did in the first couple weeks, but that was with Mitch Trubisky. So it is you have to see how it's gonna go with Nick Foles now. Obviously his stock will go up, but Maybe Cordero Patterson gets a bigger role as a pass catching back. They are just, for some reason, stuck on using him in their backfield. I'd, I'll i never understand it. Bill Belichick did it once, so now everyone wants to just be like, oh, if Bill Belichick did it, then I guess it makes sense. But, yeah, I mean, obviously it has to be pointing up a little bit from Montgomery with Cohen now because that that is his Achilles heel, the, the Terry Cohen in that backfield. So we'll see how it goes. But definitely more intrigued by Montgomery than I was two days ago.
0: Nick Foles was part of that QB duo that got Leonard Fournette 100 catches last year. So, um, you know, for whatever that's worth. Chris Godwin getting an MRI on his hamstring. He injured it again. Um, Oh, man. If you're a Chris Godwin rosterer, you got to be like pretty devastated about this. Like, it's like, oh, man, I can't catch a break.
1: Yeah, I mean, you just kind of have to wait it out. At least he got you some decent fantasy production and caught the touchdown early prior to getting hurt this week. And it wasn't one of those Paris Campbell situations where he got .7 and then got hurt. But, yeah, this sucks because you spend a high draft capital on Godwin, and he's in a great spot to succeed. But if he can't stay healthy, then he simply can't succeed. So it definitely sucks. Hopefully he's not out for a long time.
0: MRI reveals that Chris Carson only suffered a minor knee sprain in Week 3 against the Cowboys. Um, Everyone talking about the way that he hurt himself. Looked like a Bush league, really just dirty play. Yeah, absurd. he went from possibly missing the season to maybe being able to play again uh, in week four. So if you have Chris Carson on your roster, you are ecstatic about how that worked out. Um, but yeah, Chris Carson, uh, good, news all, good news for him.
1: Yeah, but I mean, you have to assume that this increases chance of aggravating that ankle again, which is not good. So I don't know. We'll see how it goes. But I mean, yeah, that was a super Bush League play to just twist chris carson like that like what are you doing man that's that's just that's like when players get up from a sack and then like kick the QB or step on a qb or something like you're just instinctively deciding i'm gonna try to hurt this dude there's never a place uh, for that
0: dallas goddard speaking of instinctively trying to hurt a dude you see the video of him getting punched in the face in the offseason someone did, like yeah. completely cheap shot at him fucking i hate cheap shots bro there's so many internet videos of cheap shots punches that get hyped up like yo look at what this this guy just landed this crazy punch like yo the guy wasn't even paying attention of course he knocked him out <laughs> um but anyway dallas goddard going to miss quote-unquote sometime after suffering an ankle injury in week three um i mean good news for earth but damn bro like carson wentz cannot catch a break and look a lot of people are on the carson Wentz sucks bandwagon right now and it's hard not to be because out of All the quarterbacks that have thrown at least five passes this year, and there are 36 of them, uh, Carson Wentz ranks the worst in QB rating. The worst.
1: Number 36. Very bad. And
0: so, like, that's not a
1: mistake. The only QB he's ranked higher in PFF as well is Dwayne Haskins.
0: Yeah, so that's not a mistake. But at the same time, it's like, dude, it's kind of like the Sam Darnold argument. Like, he's got no one on the outside. These guys can't get open for shit. JJR Sagan's white side looks trash. Greg Ward looks trash. And then he had this, he had Dallas Goddard at least, and now Dallas Goddard goes down. Uh, Deshaun Jackson looks like, looks like he's at least lost a, a, a half a step. And when you're a Deshaun Jackson type, when you lose a half a step, you lose everything. So can Deshaun Jackson even play anymore? Uh, Miles Sanders, you wish he touched the ball more, but he touched the ball 23 times last game. Carson Wentzman is, is in a hard situation. Like I, I think that the only one in a worse situation right now is Darnold in the entire league.
1: Yeah, I mean, this makes me very upset that Jalen Rager got hurt because I was high on Jalen Rager. He led the wide receiver core in snaps week two, and then he has to go and get hurt and be out for multiple weeks, especially now with Dallas Goddard out too. Rager would have stepped into a huge role. But, I mean, yeah, yeah. Wentz is going to just have to try to make do with who he has. I mean, Alshon Jeffrey started practicing again, so maybe he could help a little bit. But, yeah, I mean, it's not looking great for Wentz or anyone in that offense besides – I mean, Sanders is a volume – is getting a ton of volume, and Ertz is really the only pass catching option. So, he's going to see as much volume as he could uh, he could handle as well, which he's used to. And, finally,
0: Jared Cook goes to the locker room with an ankle injury. Um I mean, big for the Saints who right now are a uh, one-man offense, and we'll talk more about that in a second. Uh, Michael, you want to get into these? Uh, we saw that coming?
1: Yes, I do.
0: Let's do it. I saw that coming from a mile away. I from saw- a mile away. I'm going to tell you what, man. Alvin, I'm going to start this off because Alvin Kamara is my number one. Saw that coming. Um, we just finished that last segment with Jared Cook, so I want to mention Alvin Kamara. Dude, I think Alvin Kamara rubs a stick of butter on him before the game starts. And he's just covered with butter. I want to call him... I want to make a name for him, like... that involves butter. like Because I feel like he's that should be his nickname. Alvin Butter Kamara. Because he just... Alvin so Redenbacher? <laughs> well, Alvin Cow Mara. Cow's Milk Mara. Oh, goodness.
1: <laughs> Redenbacher no, is, is better.
0: He is absolutely like butter. He is so smooth. People just literally glide off him when they touch him. Um, not only is he the running back one this week, he's the overall best player on the week. 13 catches on 14 targets, 139 yards, and two touchdowns in the air. He also added six rushes for 58 yards, two on top of that. Um, when he made that great play, the the play that he literally breaks five tackles on his way over to the end zone and just kind of like is so patient. And like he he runs like, like Le'Veon Bell used to run when he was with the Steelers except it's more explosive than Le'Veon
1: Bell ever was. Dude, so ridiculous is that his lineman ran faster than him at max speed, according to NFL Next Gen Stats. His lineman reached over 16 miles per hour, and Kamara didn't because he was slowly behind him waiting for the block.
0: I think, and that's what is so crazy about Alvin Kamara is that I don't think during that entire fifty-yard run he re- he reached max speed at any point. He literally moved through that that as if it was like a setup thing that he had rehearsed already. Like he looked like a professional wrestler, like throwing people off the top rope when you know who's coming next, and like everything's rehearsed, like. He didn't even need to reach top speed. He waited behind his center. And then as soon as his center got out of the play, he cut back. And, I mean, it was an amazing play. And But after that, Drew Brees came off the field, like, shaking his head. Like, I can't believe I what I just saw. This guy is ridiculous. And right now, Alvin Kamara looks like the best player in fantasy. And we told you that um, with Michael Thomas out, we think Alvin Kamara is not only going to be one of the best running backs, he's going to be the best running back. And that's because he's going to get all of the carries. And I mean, he didn't even get all the carries. He's going to get all the touches. Um, He got 19 touches, so you're very happy with Alvin Kamara plus 19 touches. But only six rushes, so he's a completely different animal, Alvin Kamara. And, uh, I mean, when you see the way they scheme him up and you see the way they get him open in open space, it's hard to believe it's going to stop.
1: Yeah, Alvin Kamara is a monster, and I don't think it's going to stop either. I mean, Drew Brees... This dude looks scared to throw it past like, 14 yards at this point. They don't have Michael Thomas anymore. Like, Alvin Kamara is the running back one and their wide receiver one. And they, I mean, Latavius Murray outcarried Alvin Kamara yesterday by a lot, by double-digit carries. That's how much they were just like, screw it, Alvin Kamara is going to be our wide receiver one today. Like, we don't even want to risk him getting hurt on the ground. He's, he's good on the ground, but let's use him just as our main receiver instead. And that, like, 51-yard touchdown was absolutely absurd. And that's how Alvin Kamara is going to go. So, yeah, hot damn, Mr. Alvin Kamara. My first we saw that coming, Julian Edelman. My bust from our sleeper and bust article in week three, Cheap plug. Make sure to check those out. We release them every single Thursday during the Thursday night football game, usually at halftime or right before, depending when we finish editing.
0: Just do me a favor and don't look at my sleeper this week. (laughs) don't do it don't do it although he did finish uh, we'll talk about him later we'll talk about him
1: later anyways uh, i was saying how julian edelman's wide receiver 24 ranking was absurd uh espn had him at 12 when i was watching fantasy football now in the morning i legitimately laughed out loud i was like yo jay look at where julian edelman is ranked julian julian edelman ended with two target two receptions for 23 yards a rush attempt for negative one yards 3.2 points i'm not shocked at all i said he's gonna You're going to hate him if you start him as a wide receiver 2 and likely even if you start him as a wide receiver 3 because of the game script in that game. And he got totally game scripted out and just did not have any sort of resemblance of anything we saw in Week 2, which is not surprising. This is who Julian Edelman is going to be this season. You should have sold him for a lot after the Week 2 explosion.
0: I was in a league where I had Devontae Adams and I had a chance to pick between Julian Edelman and Will Fuller. Uh, to take Adam's place, and I pick Fuller. Um, good call. And I, that's a great call. Yeah, yeah prove that Edelman message. was the, Edelman was a booby trap this week. Do you know who else? Deontay Johnson? Man, Deontay Johnson probably fucked a lot. I of mean, he got
1: over. hurt. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> just understand. Like, yeah, I feel uh, you.
0: Damn, sucks. Um, one. Well, I'm cheating on this one. I'm going two people, but they're on the same team: Keenan Allen and Austin Eckler. And we mentioned that. With Justin Herbert behind center, this team is going to be way better in terms of fantasy production. And the two guys we mentioned in particular were Austin Eckler and Keenan Allen. And I don't even think we knew that this was coming. Keenan Allen, 19 targets for Keenan Allen. Holy shit. You're talking about targets. That's if you if Keenan Allen would have got 19 targets over the next two games, it would have been like. Yo, he's getting mad targets. He's got two games worth of targets, 13 catches, 132 yards, of touchdown. He also fumbled, um, so that took away two points, but had a great game. And then you got Austin Eckler on the other end, who had an amazing game, 12 rushes, 59 yards, and a touchdown, 11 catches on 11 targets for 84 yards. Whoever was nervous about the Austin Eckler's role being gone in the passing game, it was like sweet music to your ears this game. We're going to talk about Josh Kelly uh, a little later on, so I'm going to stay away from the Josh Kelly talk right now. So I'll I'll keep it with um, Austin Eckler. Looking forward, if Justin Herbert stays the quarterback, is there any reason to believe that Austin Eckler won't be a a running back one?
1: No. I mean, I was all aboard the Austin Eckler train, even if Tyrod Taylor was QB. Like, I drafted him a bunch in plenty of leagues, and obviously week one looked a little disappointing, but... Luckily and thankfully, Justin Herbert. I mean, not not luckily or, or and thankfully because it's a terrible reason why. But we, are, we already separated. <laughs> like we, yeah. people know, Justin Herbert took over week two. Great for Allen and Eckler, and now Eckler looks like the stud that you drafted him to be. And it looks like he's just gonna have a stranglehold on that in that backfield as the runner and the pass catcher, which he dominates every time he gets that opportunity. And He's going to get a bunch of opportunity. We I expected him to go off against Carolina. He did, and it's great. 11 receptions and 11 targets is music to my ears for Austin Eckler, and you just got to love it uh, going forward as well because it's looking like he's going to end up being a very good draft pick when after week one it looked like he was going to be be a little rough. My, Michael, you're up. My, we saw that coming. Uh, quick honorable mention to Rex Burkhead because someone sent me a list of players to start hold on, on Sunday hold, morning. Hold
0: on, hold 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 on.
1: Hold yourself right there. Let me guess you're going to talk I, about so Rex I Burkhead So did, I
0: didn't send Michael. My, we usually send <laughs> each other our, our lists of, but I didn't send Michael mine, so he doesn't know that Rex Burkhead, I'll, I'll be talking about Rex Burkhead. So
1: just hold it.
0: And we'll be. Good. And I'll be talking specifically about this. And now this one is
1: for Jason. He cannot be on this podcast with us today. You know, law school things. But Mr. Jeffrey Wilson Jr., Jason said, you're going to wish you were a, Patreon, a patron member when Jeff Wilson goes for 100 yards and two touchdowns. He went for 69 yards and two touchdowns. Works for me, works for you, works, here, works for whoever started Jeff Wilson. Also was Jason sleeper in the Sleepers and Bust article, so check that out. 12 rushes, 15 yards, not great rushing, but he got the rushing touchdown. Three targets, three receptions, 54 yards. Jeff Wilson basically split the work with Jarek McKinnon. Played a lot later on at the end of the game. which Which, McKinnon got hurt after McKinnon. Yeah. And left the game with a rib injury. McKinnon's expected to be fine, but Jeff Wilson clearly has a role in this offense as well. And he went in against the, uh, the Giants. So great game from Jeff Wilson predicted from, for Jason. It was such a great call that I gave up one of my, we saw that's for him. We saw that coming.
0: It's (laughs) like twin love right there. All right. So we saw those things coming. Let's talk about something that we, didn't see coming in our surprise, surprise section.
1: Surprise, motherfucker.
0: Surprise, motherfucker. All right, let's go to our surprise, surprise. Someone that we did not see coming, and I have, Michael, I'm about to go on a rant. Take you your best it. shot. All right, Mitch. <laughs> me and you have had our history, Mitch.
1: You're the only one who didn't see this coming. If this is legit, you're... Listen! This Michael, coming.
0: you shut up, all right? I'm talking, I'm talking to Mitch! Listen, Mitch. I believed in you, man. And this is how you do me, man. You know, I was on your back. I was, I was on your side last year. You know, I was riding you. I was like, yeah, man, he's, if, he, if, he just, if he just improves his accuracy, this guy's going to be amazing. But you didn't. Oh, if he just runs more, this guy's going to be amazing. But you didn't. Oh, man, we had two good weeks. Week three against the Falcons. He's going to be amazing. But you weren't. <laughs> Mitch. I'm done with you. It's over between you and I. Done. I'm deleting you from my Instagram. I'm deleting you from everything. We're done. Do you know what the worst part about you is, Mitch? The worst part about you is you destroyed me in my next relationship. Because as Michael and Jason could tell you, I've been on the Josh Allen train for
1: years. True that.
0: (laughs) Ever since he was in Wyoming, he was my favorite quarterback coming out of the draft that year. And guess what? This year should have been the year that I was all over this. I should have told the world, hey, Josh Allen, this is the guy. But instead, I didn't. Because <laughs> do you know what creeped into my ugly head? What if he doesn't improve his throwing? You don't then have an he's ugly head. going to be Mitch Trubisky all over again. You scarred me for my next relationship, Mitch. He really did. And now we're done. We're through. And I'm going to beg to take Josh Allen back. (laughs) I'm officially breaking up with Mitch Trubisky. Nick Foles, if I didn't tell you already, is my surprise surprise. Three touchdowns in relief from Mitch Trubisky. So, you know, at least I was right about the Atlanta defense sucking. I will say this. For those of you who may have listened to me and started Mitch Trubisky, Mitch Trubisky did have a better week than Cam Newton, Matt Ryan, Gardner Minshew, and Daniel Jones in a quarter and a half. So it's not like Mitch Trubisky didn't do at least something for your fantasy team. He did get you
1: like 13 and a half points, which isn't right. So like backbreaking, eh,
0: it's not, it's, it's not, it's kind of backbreaking, half. but it's not as bad as if you started Cam, Matt Ryan, Gardner Minshew, Daniel Jones, which a lot of people did. So, um, yeah, Mitch, that's yep. it. Me and you are through. I've had enough, enough. I've had enough. All my friends make fun of me for forever even dating, even dating you. All right, Mitchie. <laughs> Delete Goodbye. me off your phone. Good Delete our pictures off your phone. O- it's over. Mr. it's Bisky. over. of Mitch Trubisky.
1: Goodbye, Mitch Trubisky. My surprise, surprise. Look, usually we stick it we stick with we stick it. We stick with the fantasy relevant players, right? This guy, let me tell you, he's not gonna be fantasy relevant. At least I don't think so. But I just had to shout him out because what a game. Mr. Cedric Wilson. This was probably the most surprising of anything that happened this entire weekend. Take into account literally anything from this football Sunday where some crazy stuff happened. And Cedric Wilson's five-catch, 107 yards, two-touchdowns line is probably the most surprising. I wonder what the bet... I wonder if you could have bet Cedric Wilson two touchdowns. Probably, like, plus 100,000. Imagine winning that bet. Jeez Louise. But yeah, shout-out Cedric Wilson. The Cowboys were trailing the Seahawks. He came in and four wide receiver... Uh, sets and he got some open space which makes sense when we're talking about Gallup Lamb and Cooper maybe Cedric Wilson isn't the worst start throw ever if the Cowboys are in a matchup where you think they're gonna trail but jeez Louise shout out Cedric Wilson for having that randomly great of a game I believe his first catch first yards first touchdowns ever
0: uh, yeah, especially because we expected the, all the other guys to do exactly what he did, but you know, fantastic game. I, you know, Michael, you said that was the craziest one, and that's a good one, and that's probably crazy. But I think it's a, it's, it's a main event battle between these two guys. And my surprise, surprise, is Rex Burkhead. Now, boom, boom. Rex Burkhead was a big surprise. Only started in five percent of Yahoo leagues, at least. Um, Michael, I'm actually surprised that you didn't mention Rex Burkhead because Michael had the good fortune of. Playing against Rex Burkhead.
1: That I did. Uh luckily that team sucks. Um As long as our... Tyreek Hill stays under thirty two points, I'm gonna win.
0: I'll tell you this. Uh this is a team uh that's you know run by our cousin Anthony. It's in our in our family league, in our in our main league. And Anthony's been about football since he's been eight years old. The, the kid knows what he's doing. He won the championship last year in this league. Um he has the worst team I've ever seen this year. It's a very shout out shout out to him for that. Um, but Rex Burke had seven catches on 10 targets, 49 yards in a TD, six carries to get that 49 yards on the ground as well in a TD. He put up 31.3 half PPR points, and this is a surprise to me, but I'll tell you one person this wasn't a surprise for. Michael, allow me to talk some ish on your behalf. Someone asked or- us who to... Start on Twitter. And by the way, if you don't follow us on Twitter already, twitter.com uh, slash bro fantasy or at BrotoFantasy on Twitter to follow us on Twitter because we give out start sit advice up until the opening kickoff of every single game. So any time of day on Sunday. We are on literally on Twitter all day. That's what we do on Sunday. So come see us on Twitter, get our opinions, get our get our starts and sits. Anyway, this guy sends Michael's entire bench. He's like, Who would you start on this bench? Michael's like, Oh man. This kind of sucks. I guess Sony Michelle. Actually, you know what? Let me. Um, why don't you tell me who your best uh, free agents are? You got Jeff Wilson by any chance? He goes, nah, no Jeff Wilson, but he runs off Rex Burkhead a bunch uh, amongst a bunch of scrubs like Curtis Samuel or yada yada yada. And Michael goes, I prefer Rex Burkhead. So Michael not only told him to start Rex Burkhead, he told him to pick up Rex Burkhead off the waiver wire in order to start him. That's the type of shit you're only getting on brodo.com. Just, just, and bro, and brodo fantasy on Twitter. Just, I'm just, I'm just saying. That's the only that you're only getting that here.
1: True that. Shout See, Michael's so
0: humble. All he says is, is true that and shout out to him, even <laughs> though it was all him who did it. Um, I, you know, it, it, you know, Rex Burkhead. Uh, I just want to talk about Rex Burkhead a little bit too because Sony Michelle also had a great game in this game. I don't know if you know 117 yards on the ground, and only nine carries. Um, Rex Burkhead having this great of a game is just further proof that I don't want anything to do with uh, the Patriots' backfield. Like, yeah, if you start Ber- Rex Burkhead, you're happy, but that's not going to work nine times out of ten. And whether it's James White, whether it's Sony, Sony Michelle, this is a backfield that you don't know what you're going to get because Bill Belichick's game plan is different for every single team, and that's just how it is. This is how it's been. It's the way it's been. If you don't know that by now, um, you're either new to fantasy or you're, you're thick-headed. So, um. Although Rex Burkhead may have had this game, let the other people in your fantasy league spend up big bucks on the waiver wire and chase that because I'm
1: not. Yep, yeah, 100% Um, not chasing Burkhead really either because that backfield is a mess, but what a day it was for him. Shout out to Rex Burkhead. My second surprise, surprise, now that you gloated about my fantasy success i'm going to shit on myself a little bit <laughs> with traequan smith i was shocked that he only went four for 42 two of those catches and 25 or 27 of those yards came on the last two catches of the game so i mean this guy well last two catches of their drive before the onside kick so he had two receptions and 15 yards for the vast majority of the game only saw six targets why did I like Tracon Smith is because he basically stepped into that Michael Thomas role, and Vegas had this game as a super high uh, money uh, money line in Vegas. It was 57 points, I think the total was. They ended up putting 67 points up combined, I believe. It was 37-30, the final score. So I knew the Saints were going to have to score, and Tracon Smith is the de facto wide receiver one. Guess what? All of that is false. Alvin Kamara is the de facto number one receiver, de facto number one tight end, de facto number one running back, de facto number one quarterback. I wouldn't even be surprised if he just starts taking snaps himself and starts throwing touchdowns to himself. That's how good Alvin Kamara has been. Traquan Smith, I missed there. I just did not expect it to be this big of a, I expected Alvin Kamara to have a good game. I didn't know the entire offense was going to run through him quite as much as it did. Disappointing in Traquel Smith because going forward, I don't really see how you could trust him either if this is how their offense is going to operate. To be fair, Michael,
0: he got game scripted out. And it's it's hard to it's hard to say that like a, a wide receiver one or a wide receiver one on a team because of injury, or whatever you want to call them, gets game scripted out of a game that ended 37 to 30. But games that end like that, you're usually used to seeing high-flying offenses, some turnovers, some big plays. Like these were two teams that moved the ball methodically and efficiently downfield every time they had it. Um, there were a couple of big turnovers that were the key in the game, but this was not that kind of game where it was just a shootout or blow, you know, blow the doors down type of thing. This was a little bit by little bit by little bit by little bit, and besides an Alvin Kamara, a couple of Alvin Kamara explosions, this was a very a steady game where both teams held the ball. As much as they can, and there wasn't too many possessions, so I think that Traquan Smith, going forward without Michael Thomas, is still a good play, since that he kind of got game scripted out of this one.
1: Yeah, I mean, but still, it's not someone you're really going to be able to trust going into Week Four. We shall see. What are you going to do?
0: Let's get into our next segment. This is called Stock Rising. It is the players whose stock is going up in the young season. Something just came across my desk, John. It is perhaps the best
1: thing I've seen in the last six months. Now, right now, John, the stock trades over the counter at $0.10 cents a share. And by the way, John, our analysts indicator it could go a heck of a
0: lot higher than that.
1: We are looking at a grand slam home run. We got some grand slam home runs over here. Michael, so if you guys haven't noticed,
0: like, again, we you know that we're in different uh, places because of COVID. So it's Michael's job to come out of the transitions, and of all of us, like Michael does, it, is I would say like he's great with the analysis, but he doesn't host. If I miss, Jason hosts. If I'm here, I host, and you can tell Michael doesn't host because he, the way he's coming out of the transitions is just repeating the, the skit
1: in a funner <laughs> way of speaking. You you just don't enjoy, funner. yeah, funner. I I forgot how to speak too. I'm flustered now. You just don't enjoy <laughs> great comedy. That's that's all I think. <laughs> um speaking of flustered,
0: uh, you are you have blushed lips and you're flustered in the presence of these guys if they're on your fantasy team. Michael, who's your stock rising?
1: My first stock rising, Mr. Jared Goff. I was all over the Rams offense this year. I said they're gonna win you leagues. Jared Goff's ADP doesn't make sense. And this dude just put up twenty eight point twenty four points against the Buffalo Bills. Not easy to do. Three to twenty-one passing yards, two passing touchdowns, and Into four rushing yards and a rushing touchdown as well, which you love to see <clears throat> if you're a Jared Goff owner. He gets the Giants and Washington coming up. Then San Fran and Chicago, which is tough. Then Miami, Seattle, Tampa Bay. Like he has a pretty solid schedule going forward and is definitely going to be a usable asset during that time, especially next week against the Giants. This offense is just firing on all cylinders right now. Sean McVeigh has really bounced back, which I expected. Like we were talking about how Sean McVay's his offensive whiz. They have one mediocre stretch in the season last year, and people just decided that Sean McVay's offense isn't great anymore. Like, he has completely bounced back. That offense has completely bounced back. Jared Goff's yards per attempt is up the gazoo. They're using their running backs great. I would like more pass attempts for Jared Goff, I'll tell you that. Like, for Cup, Higby, and Woods' sake, they are running the ball a lot in games where they're uh, winning or close. But second I mean, it's, most, it's
0: second most in the league right now.
1: It's working for them, and I don't see why it would change because Jared Goff is playing off that run and is playing well when they when he gets the shot to throw downfield. Cup and Woods and are doing great. Higby's doing his thing too. A little, a little bit of a down uh, week three, but Buffalo is typically a very good against the tight end, other than Mike Kosicki a couple of weeks ago. So Jared Goff stock up because he's looking like he's a useful QB one every single time he has a good matchup. Speaking about a useful QB one every single time, man, I am ready
0: to take the L on Russell Wilson this year. I again did not draft Russell Wilson in anywhere except my dynasty league. And know, my dynasty, league, I drafted in this year, my dynasty startup, uh, which is looking like a great idea, but I did not draft him in any of my redraft leagues because I did not want to play the game of is Russell Wilson um, going to have a shit game this week? Because, He would have great games against great defenses, and he'd have bad games against shit defenses, and it was because he got games scripted out. Well, something I learned in the telecast this week was that Brian Schottenheimer is no longer on the side of the field. He is now in the booth looking at the game from a bird's-eye view. Maybe he now has a bird's-eye view of how fucking good Russell Wilson is because he is absolutely turning up to the umpteenth degree. Right now, Russell Wilson is on place to throw 75 touchdowns. He has a 15% touchdown percentage. If you remember our offseason, we said that Lamar Jackson would have a a tad bit of a worse year. I mean, he could still be number one, but he won't be as good as last year because his touchdown percentage can't possibly stay at 11. This guy is four above that. Five touchdowns, 315 yards, absolutely looking like an absolute killer. First
1: time ever with a quarterback has 15 passing touchdowns. Excuse me, 14 passing touchdowns through the first three games of the season.
0: It's absolutely absurd. And um, I heard somewhere, and I I haven't vetted this, so it might not be true, but I I heard it from a reputable source, that of the three players in fantasy history that have scored the most points in the first three weeks of a season, this year Russell Wilson and Josh Allen are two of the top three so th- that's how good those players have been yeah i have no um, idea
1: if that's true but it sounds yeah. reasonable
0: yeah it does i mean it was andy holloway who said it so andy holloway is a very uh a very reputable source that's my guy um but yeah 315 five touchdowns six or 22 on the ground too so added those two extra points for you um 2.2 extra points for you on the ground just an absolute an absolute killer man and I mean, I'm, I'm sad that I don't have Russell Wilson shares on any of my redraft teams because I was scared of the inconsistencies because the inconsistencies seem to be gone. Oh, you got to be kidding me now.
1: We got a car alarm going that off. That
0: is ridiculous. Are you <laughs> kidding me? Thank God.
1: The power of the pause. The car alarm yeah, is gone.
0: That took way too long.
1: Yeah, that was that was not frustrating at all. But yeah, if I randomly knew that Brian Schottenheimer was going to turn into a pass-first guy, I would have drafted Russell Wilson at ADP, and I don't even draft uh, QBs that early. That's how good I think Russell Wilson is. I've tweeted multiple times, I can't believe we're wasting away Russell Wilson's prime on a Brian Schottenheimer offense, and this is the reason why. Look what he's done through the first three weeks with a pass-heavy offense. Holy moly, this dude is having one of the best stretches ever through the first three games.
0: I got he's an idea so for you, good. You, ready? you ready for this idea? Hit me. Now that Brian Schottenheimer has shown an affinity for, like, he's updated his 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 repertoire. He's been successful in the past a lot. You know he knows how to use a running back out of the backfield. Brian Schottenheimer for Jets head coach next season. Bring it back in the family. Goodness what do you say? Gracious,
1: Tim. I, I Why just...
0: not? Let's see how the rest of this year goes. Anyone's better than Adam Gase, so if he keeps letting Russ cook, man, it's a you know he's been in the building, he's got the lineage. Like as I said, anyone's better than Adam
1: Gage. Bring uh, Adam Gase. Bring him on. Bring him on. Sure, (laughs) why not?
0: Um, but yeah. Anyway, also attached to this are Tyler Lockett and DK Metcalf. Those guys' stocks are way up because because they have the best player in the game throwing to them.
1: True that. My next stock up is someone I was touting. The entire offseason, as someone I love taking a shot on in the 10th, 11th round. Even later, because he was going later in most places. And after the first two weeks, it looked like, damn, maybe not this year. But holy moly, did Justin Jefferson go in this week? Oh boy. The coming oh boy. out party, oh boy, is right. Nine targets, seven receptions, 175 yards, and a receiving touchdown. The dude was absolutely everywhere. Ran a route, I think, almost everywhere. On every single Kirk Cousins drop back, along with Adam Thielen. And the one of the reasons why I love Justin Jefferson is because I was not super high on Adam Thielen. And I knew Justin Jefferson would wind up being the number two. Because Ole Busy Johnson is just not it, as the kids would say. And, man, Justin Jefferson looked great. That Vikings offense looked better than it has by far this season with Justin Jefferson involved. So I do not really see it going away. Will he be this good the rest of the season? No, I'm not stupid. It's still a run-first offense. Kirk Cousins is going to have his up-and-down performances. Adam Thielen is still going to get his targets and all that. But why can't Justin Jefferson be a useful fantasy asset the rest of the season? I mean, I dropped him in a couple places that I drafted him after the first couple weeks because I was like, that offense looks atrocious, and I'm very upset that I did. I still own him in a few spots, and Justin Jefferson is actually my most-owned player in Best Ball League, so money where my mouth is. Shout-out, Justin Jefferson. Justin Jefferson. You can't drop him in a best ball league. So yeah, I mean all signs pointing up for Jefferson after that huge coming out party. He should just keep getting work because, yo, he looked great. Like lining up in the slot, lining up outside, it did not matter. He was coming down with everything. He was beating the defenders. Justin Jefferson looks like he may end up being a force to be reckoned with sooner rather than later at this point.
0: Hopefully Kirk Cousins picks up his play a little bit as well, which he did in this game. My first, I mean, my second stock up is a guy who Didn't even have a stock. Like only if you were like in super deep leagues were you drafting James Robinson at all in your draft. Even if your draft was one day before the regular season started, because we were still talking about Chris Thompson. We're still talking about I mean one day before the
1: regular season started, Armstead and Ozigbo were out and it was Jefferson's it was Robinson's backfield, like a week before the season started.
0: Okay, fine. A week before the season started then. But even then you weren't drafting him high because no one believed in him. Um, And one of the reasons is because you're like, that offense is not going to score many points. Well, guess what? That happened. That offense didn't score many points, but James Robinson still did score many points. And one of the reasons is because six targets for 83 yards. What? Six targets, six catches, excuse me, for 83 yards. What? Like, yo, what? Like, that is a player that I want. 11 attempts for 46 yards in a game that they only scored 13 and and they gave up 31, so the game script wasn't there to be a rusher. Two touchdowns on the ground. The only two touchdowns the team scored. I mean, James Robinson looks like one of the safer plays um, that we could have this season right now. He looks like one of the safer plays, and this is a guy that wasn't on anyone's radar coming into the season. He wasn't even on the draft radar. Comes in as an undrafted free agent. It makes you understand why they were so comfortable (laughs) letting Leonard Fournette walk because we – can see Leonard Fournette still has something left in the tank so it n- lets you be know why they're so comfortable letting Leonard Fournette walk and why they're so eager to give this kid the reins um what a performance and I know I'm, I'm reaching all the way back to um uh Thursday but his stock is way up for me
1: yeah uh shout out to shout out to him um honestly it was it was glorious I would be a little concerned that he just keeps coming off the field now for Chris Thompson, but when he's on the field, he gets the ball so much that it just does not matter, period. So, yeah, he's become a workhorse in that offense, and you just got to be happy yeah. about it. I
0: don't know. He might lose. Like, Can you imagine getting him getting six targets every game? No. But I don't see him losing any rushing work to Chris Thompson. I yeah, just stock don't, is, I don't, stock is certainly
1: up. My last stock up goes to Mr. Allen Robinson. Ranked him as my number two receiver this week. I think Tim was similar. Paid off nicely. 13 targets, 10 receptions, 123 yards, and a touchdown. Dominated the Atlanta secondary, as he should. And now Nick Foles is the quarterback. Hallelujah. Nick Foles already looked like he was way better than Mr. Trubisky. Did you hear the uh, interview at the end of the game regarding the Anthony Miller touchdown? No. So the Falcons end zone. uh, It says Falcons. Obviously, there's an L in there. And Nick Foles in the in the uh, in the huddle goes to Anthony Miller. Look, if I see the defense is in position that I want it to be, and the rush is coming, I'm just gonna throw it to the L. Get to the L in the end zone. Nick Foles takes the snap, pressure gets to him almost immediately. You could tell that his the hands are in his face. He just throws it up to the L. Easy touchdown. Anthony Miller catches it right in the center of the L. Touchdown! That's a that's a veteran. That's a that's, veteran that's, move right there. <laughs> and
0: that, that's what that's what Mitch, exactly what Mitch Trubisky is not bringing.
1: Exactly, Mitch Trubisky is oh shit my first read is gone, interception. So
0: or or it, you know sometimes or get make, make a great play.
1: Yeah, so He has sure. that in him
0: too. <laughs> Nick Foles is not going to make some of these plays that Mitch Trubisky makes, but he's going to make the mo- more routine ones way, 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 way more. Way, yeah, way, well, way, way
1: more. With that being said, Allen Robinson's stock is up, and I'm loving it as an Allen Robinson owner in our home league. I was high in Allen Robinson going into the season, so a boom game like this was very much needed. And it's only pointing up from here because as long as Nick Foles is going to be feeding him, I expect him to be fed early and often, and it's looking good. Um, my stock
0: up, one of the biggest mis- mistakes and regrets that I'm going to have, and I have a rule too, and I did not listen to my rule. My rule is you do not drop running backs from good offenses early in the season. It is a rule that I live by. It is a rule that I have played by. And I broke that rule to drop Daryl Henderson earlier. And I am kicking myself because Daryl Henderson looks like the best running back in that backfield. Can makers, you don't, we don't know when he's going to be back yet. And as long as he's not back, Daryl Henderson looks like he's going to get um, the carries. Now, Malcolm Brown split carries with him. But if you're in a situation where you're Sean McVay, you are a great offensive mind. We've seen Sean McVay's personality as well twice on hard knocks. Um, He's not going to be a person who's just going to hand the ball to someone just to do it. If he... If Daryl Henderson continues to be this productive, he will get more touches, and he's going to be even more productive. 20 attempts for 114 yards last week and a touchdown. Caught a a pass on three targets for only six yards, so a little bit of a down in the passing game. But Daryl Henderson looked great again. Him and Malcolm Brown again got the exact same amount of work, and Malcolm Brown did not do anything with it. Daryl Henderson turned it into 114 yards and a touchdown. Um, If he continues to look this good, and and, and let's not forget – sixth pick in the third round last year so an early third round pick so his draft capital especially for a running back is high we liked him personally last year a lot of people liked him to take over the role from Gurley. we thought that was a mistake like pump the brakes um but we liked him as a player and i mean he's showing now what they saw in him and a lot of people it was it was easy to write him off because he missed a lot of training camp with an injury and I think that's why I ended up dropping him was because I I wrote him off like that, and I am right now I'm in desperate need of flex help in my league. Now, I'm looking like I have a good chance to go three and zero and be in first place by the end of this week. So it's not it's not that much different, but me dropping Daryl Henderson is going to be something I regret. Actually, I, w- I want to say something even more than Daryl Henderson talking about stock up. I'm in, in all my leagues right now, and I, I want to say this because I hope I remember this coming up and if it doesn't stay this way I might not but in all my leagues right now I am chilling in the leagues where I took a quarterback and a tight end early and I'm struggling in the leagues where I took a tight end and a, and a quarterback late and I think it's because and you know it's, it's only a couple leagues where I, I didn't take either a quarterback or a tight end early um, one league to be exact but in that league I'm finding it a lot harder to stream a quarterback or a tight end every week than I do if you have a steady quarterback like a Kyler Murray or a Russell Wilson or something like that, and a steady tight end like a Mark Andrews, like a Travis Kelsey, like a um, really no one else at this point in the, in the year, um, and a steady tight end, then I would much rather have an opening and stream flex than I would stream quarterback every week. And I'm starting to learn that now. So I'm starting to, to flip my whole like draft strategy as mid-round quarterbacks are where I'd love to go. Cause I'm still not taking a quarterback in the second, third round. But if I can get a quarterback in like the sixth round, seventh round, and in, and instead go into the season with a kind of iffy flex instead of an iffy quarterback, I'm taking that all day.
1: I mean, I don't know, man. You're you're also it's also like the so far, perfect year to take a mid-round quarterback, aka Russell Wilson. So, yeah,
0: true, 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 true. Or, Kyle, or Kyler Murray, or Josh Allen.
1: Well, that somber note regarding Daryl Henderson and teams, a couple teams maybe not doing so well. Why don't we hit the stock down, Tim?
0: Uh, let's be the masochists we are and end our day with stock down.
1: The worst day on Wall Street since the crash of 1987. The
0: Dow traders are standing there watching in amazement. I don't blame them. We're now down 43%. Almost everything there completely wiped out. In the NASDAQ, everything and more has been completely wiped out.
1: Let's talk about the speed with which we are watching this market deteriorate. Let me tell you this. As someone who is now invested in the stock market, I do not want the market to deteriorate at the speed it deteriorated in that Drop that we just used.
0: Look at Michael with a tra- an actual transition. Good <laughs> shit, Michael. That's what I'm talking about. You're I did kind of.
1: You're right though. I did kind of repeat it. I said deteriorate <laughs> d- the market deteriorating. <laughs> right, what are you gonna do? Tis life.
0: Uh, speaking of the market deteriorating, Michael, who is your number one deteriorator?
1: All right, this guy is someone I was completely avoiding all offseason. I actually did. I don't think I even picked him in a single best ball league. Jason kind of tried talking me into him. Got me a little bit more on his side, but I still ended up not drafting him anywhere. T.Y. Hilton. Three receptions for 52 yards against the Jets. Do you want to talk about positive game script? They were leading by a lot, all that, yada, yada, yada. Sure, but tell T.Y. Hilton is now three games into the season with no games over 7.5 half, half PPR fantasy points, and that is a run-first offense where they spread the ball, use the tight ends, use the running backs in the passing game. We're talking about Phillip Rivers here. And the T.Y. Hilton-Philip Rivers connection that people were saying was great during the offseason. Clearly not transferring over. And I want absolutely nothing to do with T.Y. Hilton for the foreseeable future. Even his grandma's pissed at him because she's losing her fantasy games because of him. So I do not want anything to do with T.Y. Hilton. And I think his stock is way down. Like, How could you possibly rank this dude as a top 36 wide receiver heading into week 4? I don't see how you could possibly... Who who did the the Colts get week 4... Chicago. There's a zero percent chance I have Hilton in my top thirty six receivers.
0: Um, another guy you're probably not gonna have in your top thirty six receivers is Brandon Cooks. I think his stock is down. I mean, he looked good last week when Will That when Will Fuller, there it is, um, you know, ended up leaving some part of the game, not being involved. He got eight targets, turned it into five catches in 95 yards. So you were like, hey, maybe Brandon Cooks is finally getting used to this offense. And then he follows that up with a five-target, three-reception game for 23 yards. If you started him, he completely shit the bed. Um, You know, I just don't want the number two receiver in the Houston Texans offense right now. Um, That team looks like it is a pile of crap. They traded their best I mean, they also have played the three best teams in the league, maybe. So we'll we'll take that with that little grain of salt. But they traded their best receiver, who is killing it in Arizona, to get a running back who is giving them less than their running back did last year. So uh, it's just... Yeah, it's David Johnson big- salvaged
1: his day with a touchdown. Otherwise, disgusting. 13 rushes for 23 yards.
0: Yeah, and it's just like, oh, man, you see David Johnson running. I mentioned this on one of the podcasts, like... Everyone was talking about that David Johnson run and, oh, he's back, he's back. But I was focusing on another run where he was like kind of horizontal to the defense and the defense caught him when a faster running back could have maybe gotten to the end zone or get at least 10, 15 more yards. And that concerned me. And it looked like that concern was was for a reason. Well warranted. Um, Deshaun Watson started the game looking like a superstar, but there's only so much Deshaun Watson can do. So Brandon Cooks is a stock down in my opinion
1: yeah i I mean I'm not targeting Brandon cooks i don't i don't i, I have no interest in Brandon Cooks right now for all the reasons you stated and just I don't, will fuller seems like the only viable pass catching option the only time Cooks had a good game in week two was because fuller was on and off the sideline with some type of injury but now as long, as long as fuller's healthy I have no interest in Brandon Cooks I'd keep him on my bench because fuller gets hurt so often but yeah I'm with you Uh, My second stock falling is a guy I ranked way lower than expert consensus ranking. Actually had him outside my top 36 wide receivers this week, which ended up being a good call. And that is Mr. A.J. Green. Five receptions, 36 yards, six targets. Played the third most snaps of that receiving core behind T. Higgins and Tyler Boyd. T. Higgins saw nine targets. Tyler Boyd caught 12 balls. And A.J. Green went five for 36. Looking like... Excuse me, Tyler Bard caught 10 balls. But, yeah, looking like he is just old and washed up. And guess what? That Joe Burrow that looked good yesterday against Philly, he looked best when he wasn't trying to force feed A.J. Green. A.J. Green could not get any separation from Darius Slay. It was rough. A.J. Green is just clearly not the A.J. Green that he used to be. 7.6 points is his max. He's basically been T.Y. Hilton thus far. I don't want anything to do with A.J. Green going forward. I would not be shocked if Higgins and Boyd continue to lead the uh, the snap count in that offense with the way that Higgins played and the way Boyd has played as well, because those two looked great last week. So I'm off the AJ. I've never been on the AJ Green bandwagon, but I'm even farther off than I initially was. Yeah, I mean, the most
0: the most <laughs> concerning thing about that is the emergence of T. Higgins as well. Like... If he just had a bad game and, and, you know, Joe Burrow didn't pass for any yards, you're like, eh, okay, Tyler Boyd, obviously he's his number one guy. But, you know, A.J. Green still has that outside presence. Like, the fact that T. Higgins did what he did, ugh, that's scary for A.J. Green, guys. Um, I'm going to go over to the new hotness that I tried to warn you and Jason about, man. I tried to tell you, slow your roll, pump your brakes. And that's Leonard Fournette. Leonard Fournette, only seven carries for 15 yards.
1: What One thing, Tim, I do want to say, the Buccaneers absolutely dominated that game and led the whole way. I really hope it was, let's use Rojo this game because we don't want Fournette getting hurt. Could be. What it most likely is, though,
0: is thick-headed-ass Bruce Arians going with what thick-headed-ass Bruce Arians does.
1: That's the more likely option.
0: <laughs> Ronald Jones, 13 carries to 53 yards on the ground. Um, two catches in the air for 20 yards. Leonard Fernando also had two catches for seven yards. Um, I mean, th- again, there's something to be said for the fact that Ronald Jones got benched after fumbling. And we know that is the way of the Arians. That is the Arians' way. If a running back fumbles, he doesn't see the ball again. So, each of these backs are going to be a crapshoot every week, and each of these backs might have a good game off the back of a fumble by the other one. So, um, I mean, Leonard Fournette is down, but so is Ronald Jones at that. Like, he's not as down as he was last week when everyone was giving up on him and some people were cutting him from his team from their teams. But, you know, you don't want to start him either. So it's just like, there's no winner here.
1: Yeah, I, I agree. It's just, it's it's tough to... Try to figure that out at the moment.
0: Especially because Shady McCoy is a third down back.
1: Yeah, he mixes in two, which is just absurd in my opinion, but what are you going to do? Tis life. Tis life. (laughs) My last um, stock down is Mr. Melvin Gordon. Not much against Melvin Gordon here in that he was actually very solid over the first couple weeks, even last week against Pittsburgh, played well. But, man, that... Bronco's offense with Jeff Driscoll or Drew Ripien or even maybe Blake Bortles now for as long as Drew Locke is out, I was entirely mistaken when I said Jeff Driscoll really isn't that much of a drop-off from Drew Locke. Holy moly, did he play terribly. (laughs) Brett Ripien came in. Blake Bortles might start this coming week. I don't know how you could trust anybody in an offense like that, including Melvin Gordon out of the backfield because... Sure, maybe he'll catch him dump off. Sure, maybe he'll get some rush attempts, but if they go down early, uh, or even I just, how do you trust someone in an offense with Brett Ripien or Blake Bortles or Jeff Driskel at QB after seeing what happened last week? And for as long as Drew Locke is out, that's going to be the Broncos' offense.
0: I honestly am looking forward to seeing a little Blake Bortles action. Like, is it, like, out of all you the and people no one else, is, Tim. You and no one else. I, if, if look. I have high hopes for Noah Fant. I'm hoping to start Noah Fant in a couple leagues. If I have Noah Fant or Jerry Judy, who would you rather be throwing to to you? Jeff Driscoll? Random dude no one knows? Or Blake Bortles, who at least, you know, once upon a time supported an Allen Robinson uh, wide receiver one season. He supported an Allen Hearns wide receiver two season. He supported a pretty good tight end season. He supported a good running back season.
1: I mean, yeah, like, I would I would prefer Bortles of the bunch, but it doesn't mean right. it's promising.
0: No, of course not. But, I mean, like, at least they have Blake Bortles as an option there. Right. Um, my last stock down is Josh Kelly. Um, the reason why his stock is down is because he fumbled, and after he fumbled, he got benched. And it was clear. And he's either going to learn his lesson or he's not. He was doing good. It's not like he wasn't. Eight attempts on the ground for 43 yards. That's uh, a 5.4 yards per carry, two receptions. So he left the game with 10 touches, but uh, he fumbled. And Austin Eckler took over. And I just think if you were one of those people who were like kind of, you picked up Josh Kelly, you're like, oh, he's going to be Melvin Gordon. You pump your brakes. He's, he's not Melvin Gordon. Not I'm not saying he can't maybe be one day, but he's not Melvin Gordon. And right now his stock is down, so do with that as you may. Another another guy that I just want to mention before we go, Joe Mixon. Obviously, Joe Mixon's stock is down. This is gonna be the most unbroto thing I've ever said. Go buy Joe Mixon right now, because Joe Mixon is fifth in the league in rushing attempts.
1: I'm not and buying Joe Mixon.
0: If you, all right, so I'm gonna run through some some running backs, Michael. Tim, no, you, you don't need to tell me. Who Shut Joe up. Mixon has no, more no, touches than? No, no, no! I'm not going to say that. I'm going to run through some running backs, and you tell me rest of season who would you rather have: Joe Mixon or running back, running back blank?
1: Not for nothing, Mixon still gets Pittsburgh twice, Baltimore, Indy, Cleveland, Washington. Literally, he has one of the worst schedules remaining of running backs.
0: Hmm. That does suck. Yeah, we'll say that. Um, but I do want to say, like here at the of Fantasy Football Podcast. Uh, we told you that Joe Mixon should not be drafted number one overall. I mean, I'm sorry in, in the, the first, first round, round yeah. at all. Um, but we said if he drops the third round, he's a great pick, and if you can get him in the late second, that's a pretty good pick. So I think I'm going with that, and I'm saying if you can get him, here here are some guys. You tell me if you would trade them straight up for Joe Mixon right now. Okay. I'll I'll start easier and get harder, or or maybe not. Who knows? Um, James Connor. Connor.
1: Uh, I mean Chris Carson, Carson, Kareem Hunt. Ooh, that's close. I think I'd go Mixon slightly. Raheem Mostert. If Mostert was healthy, Mostert. But right now, Mixon. I mean, Mostert's out. David Johnson. Oh, Mixon easily. David Johnson's even worse. Melvin Gordon. I just had Mel go my stock down. Mixon. Here's a tough one. David Montgomery. Mixon too. I hate Montgomery more than I do Mixon.
0: Wow, I'm I'm taking Montgomery in that in that duo. Uh Todd Gurley. Uh
1: Mixon because Gurley's toast. Daryl Henderson. Mixon, because we don't know if Henderson's gonna remain the starter. Um Devin Singletary. Mixon because Singletary splits work with Ross. Joshua Jackson- Kelly. Moss. Obviously Mixon over Joshua Kelly, Tim. You
0: don't want to get mad at me. I'm You're Naming year- all the
1: people that obviously you would have drafted Mixon over. I'm just saying. Josh so Jacobs easily, Nick Chubb easily, Eckler easily, Aaron Jones easily. Literally any of the top 12 or 15 running backs in ADP, clearly over Mixon, which is the way we had him. We all had Mixon outside our top 12 running backs in our preseason right. rankings.
0: So you have him as a low-end running back two rest of the season.
1: Like a mid-running back two.
0: Mid-range to low-end running back two. So if you have a Todd Gurley who just scored a touchdown and you— and you could trade him straight up for for to Joe, Mix, for, to Joe Mixon. I, I you know, do roster. that. Like do that. You know, like go try and get someone that you know is not as good as Mixon, and play on the the Mixon uh, roster. Because if someone took Mixon, they took him in the first round. They're pissed. Maybe they're zero three for them. I mean, that's they're likely zero three if you're getting Joe Mixon production out of your first round pick, unless you absolutely nailed the rest of the draft. So.
1: Go see what's up. What's up? Go see what's up. It's not the worst thing you can do. I mean, just don't um, actively target him. <laughs> <laughs> offer if you want to offer a lowball offer like that, fine. But I'm not actively paying up or anything like that for Joe Mixon.
0: No, no, no. I'm not, Talk I'm about not,
1: ending on a somber note. Joe Mixon's the perfect way to do that.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I'm not downgrading for Mixon. I am only upgrading. Um, yeah. That is uh, That is it. That was the recap show. I love Mondays. Not, ma- not many not many monday
1: say- monday
0: not many people say that sentence that they love mondays i love mondays um but with that being said that is all for us you can find me at brodo ff tim on twitter mike where can they find you
1: at brodo mike
0: you can find jason at brodo ff jason see what we did there at BrotoFantasy for everyone dot for all the things we mentioned earlier manscape.com promo code b-r-o-t-o for 20 percent off and free shipping PartyBelts.com, the official championship belt of the Brodo Fantasy Football Podcast. Promo code BROTO, all caps, for 15% off a sale of a belt. There you go. And finally, Patreon.com slash Brodo Fantasy. If you want us to continue and give you more and more and more and more and more and more and more, and more. Um, like the waiver episode that's going to be coming tomorrow, which last week was the waiver, like, Everyone hit the waiver wire. Everyone's this week might be the time to hit the waiver wire. And if you've stacked up that cash and you've got some cash to blow, you can get some really good talent tomorrow um, that other people might not be able to afford or want to afford right now because they dropped a lot of money on guys like Mike Davis or guys like Devonta Freeman or someone like that. So um, some sleepers on the waiver wire tomorrow. Make sure you check that out only on patreoncom slash Broto fantasy That's all. Peace.
1: Later.